You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, and welcome to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear. And um, there's not been a lot going on with Arizona nope, lately. that's the end of the podcast, Yeah, actually. that's it. That's what you guys all tuned in to listen to. There's wow. nothing going on with Arizona. Boop, 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 boop. Okay. That was my theme music. Thanks, babe. <laughs> actually, there's a lot going on, as oh. we all know. And Jason's been very busy. Very busy. How I'm many all over. radio shows have you done in the last two days? Seven. I think it was seven. From... L.A. to Birmingham to Provo to Tulsa to North Dakota. I like the North Dakota one. To your mom's house. There you go. (laughs) Jason's been busy. A lot more busy than I thought he was. But anyway, before we get started, there was some basketball news today for Arizona. Jason, what can you tell us about Kylan Boswell reclassifying to 2022? Yeah, so the move was rumored a while ago, and then it kind of died down because, honestly, it it didn't look likely. It looked like he was going to stay in 2023, develop at Compass Prep, and then enter Arizona, you know, normal year. Um, Part of what what happened was that he got injured, and it's not like career-threatening or anything like that, but when you get injured and you can reclassify the benefit to going to Arizona and getting their medical care, their rehab facilities and all that, outweighs the benefit of doing it kind of on your own where you're kind of just picking a random doctor, right? Mm-hmm. And not only that, but um, the way that Arizona played out the offseason has also helped Boswell make that decision because it went out, it got Texas transfer Courtney Ramey. Um, and when it did that, you know, the, the expectation is that Ramey is going to start at shooting guard next to Kerpreza. And what that does is, yeah, Ramey can move over to the, the point guard position if necessary, but there's not that true backup point guard. And that's where Boswell will stop in. He probably won't be ready for the beginning of the season. Uh, that's just kind of a, my guess. I'm not a doctor, obviously, but um, he probably won't be you know, completely 100% for the season. But um, once the, it progresses a little bit, Pac-12 play starts, he'll be ready to go. You have your backup point guard, and he kind of starts his development and you make sure that he's healthy as opposed to, you know, who knows what could happen when you're kind of getting a, a random surgery. But um, I, I think it has its its pros and cons. Uh, I like Kylan Boswell a lot. I think that any player that dealt with COVID basically lost a year. And so I worry about that development and developing before you play against the bigger, stronger guys in college. But I also think that Kylan is in a unique position because he's built differently than your average point guard. He's, he's much uh, stronger, thicker. You know, he's, he's built well uh, in, in terms of being able to, to be physical with opposing point guards. And so, uh, you know, it's probably in an ideal world, you never like to classify early, in my opinion. You like to see kids develop the, you know, the pace that they should develop. But um, if there is someone that could handle the transition, uh, I don't see why it wouldn't be Boswell. And... and the thing that impressed me about him is you take a look at the quote in Eric Bossy's article, and the dad basically says, we're coming in to be a backup point guard and play a role, as opposed to we're coming in to play 40 minutes and dominate the world. And it's, it's refreshing to see 
a kid and, and his family in a circle know exactly why they're coming in. And I think that makes the transition much easier because the expectations are right there in front of them, as opposed to maybe he comes in and wonders why he's not the starting point guard, you know, in November. So I think that helps Arizona considerably. And really, it just it gives Arizona a deep backcourt. It starts the progression a little bit earlier. And I, I do think that the impact will be felt this season, but the real impact will be, you know, felt the following season when you assume that Boswell is going to get more minutes and play a, a larger role. And then you're not coming in as a freshman. You're saying, okay, now you've got some experience under your belt. All right. I know that is not the news everyone's dying to hear. People thought when I, po- I posted a tease, and I believe, like I said, it was going to happen within the next few hours, and he took longer than that, I believe because he was waiting for the commitment graphic. But people were going nuts. Is it AIRP? Is it uniforms? Is it? But, you know, it's good news. Don't it's you good kids news. Worse. When I tell you guys there's good news, there's good news. I would never lie to you. Also, funny story, getting off topic a little, but we were going to dinner, and we got invited by Jason's parents, and he said, literally, he's got in the car, like, what are the chances that this kid is actually going to do this after waiting all day long or something like that? Yep. And from the time it took us to go home or from home to the place that we went to for dinner... He did it while we were standing in line ordering. Yeah, I believe. It was like the worst I timing. Was like, I was like, I'd like a medium, large, oh, shit. That's, I know. That's how I ordered. And the girl, the little girl behind the counter was like, uh, what? Luckily, so, they didn't have that on the menu. They did not. We had the, a good pizza. But anyway, that is just kind of our Jason is our good luck charm thing. Yeah. And if you guys are wondering, the next time I leave, um, we're leaving the state in a couple of weeks. So who knows? Who knows what will happen? Some really good stuff will happen. Yeah. All right. Well, now to the big thing that's going on. Uh, Today was another day filled with reclassification rumors and reports. Let's start with the report of a possible partnership between the Pac-12 and the ACC. What can you tell us about that, Jason? All right. So I'll I'll give my opinion in a minute, but I'm just going to lay out what what this would look like. The facts. So basically, from what I understand, and I don't think anyone has the concrete details because... There are no concrete details. From what I understand, this is pretty early in the process. This started late last week over the weekend type of deal. So it, it, it's kind of being hammered out. Um, it would not be a merger because the biggest reason is television rights, leaving yourself up to the possibility of certain legal ramifications and all that. So it would not be like, I know Norlander hit it on the head perfectly, the PAC conference. P-A-A-C. Nailed it, right? It wouldn't be like that. It would be a partnership where basically you have the Pac-10 as it is. You have the ACC. You have their standings and all that. And you, um, winner of the Pac-10 faces the winner of the ACC in football. And uh, I don't know how basketball would work, but that's how football would work. And that would be your conference championship game. Uh, occasionally you'd get the out-of-conference matchup. So like basketball, for instance, you have Arizona versus Duke versus Carolina, which is cool. But you still kind of stick to the Pac-10. Uh, the big thing is the TV rights. The reason you do this is because you're selling to ESPN, hey, you have the ACC, let's fold the Pac-12 into this. Let's give you full control. Let's give the ACC control and kind of basically make it an ACC West, where ACC, you're, you're basically, from the article that was released tonight by Ross Dellinger, you're getting rid of the Pac-12 network. 
Thank God. But you're giving it to the ACC. So it's like the ACC Network West. So the ACC would run things there. You'd be on, you know, TV. Uh, the vibe I got from the article tonight, and again, it's it does it's not concrete. It could change. Would be that, you know, the ACC would be more national, and the Pac-10 would be more regional. Where you know, my gut tells me, and this is just a guess, is that you'd see a lot of the Pac-12, 10, whatever it is, available on like ESPN Plus, uh, which you'd have to pay for it. And so you'd be, it'd be more streaming because that's the new era, that's the new wave, I guess. And then you'd have the occasional game on ESPN networks, but it would be a partnership, an alliance, if you will. Haha, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty heated about this, as you can tell. But uh, it would be a partner of of sorts between the Pac-12 and the ACC. Um, and basically, the main reason is your your pitch is giving ESPN more money, more TV rights, and from the Pac-12, from the conference as a whole, uh, it makes sense because you're you're finding a way to be viable by combining or partnering with another conference who has TV rights until 2036. So basically, the Pac-10 becomes the AC, like ACC's fiefdom yeah. in medieval terms. Yeah, I, was gonna th- I thought you were going to say ACC's bitch. But... No, I was trying to keep it classy and like right. historic and everything. Anyway. Whatever. From your perspective, does this move make sense? And what would the pros and cons be? So if you remember, the Pac-12 had a, a loose agreement with the Big Ten called the Alliance. Not not talking about our loose agreement. Right. And, what? and um, I know. Uh, <laughs> and before you knew it, the Big Ten says, you know what? This agreement is so bomb. We're just going to take uh, 40% of your conference's revenue. It turned out to be like the worst decision ever. Boom, fiefdom. Yeah, I mean, it was just the dumbest thing ever. So then you re- you come up with this loose partnership, and it's like, are we doing this again? And I, I'm all for a full merger with the ACC. If you told me it was a merger, we're renaming the conference, we're combining it, we're getting TV rights locked in to 2036, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the Miami, Clemson, FSU... They're not going anywhere. We've got them locked in. If they want to leave, they got to pay out of their ass. Otherwise, we are one giant super conference. I'm cool with that. The preliminary details are so short-sighted and stupid that part of me sat back today and said, oh, yeah, no, this makes sense. The Pac-12 is totally going to do this because it's that dumb. It's it so makes, dumb. It just makes no sense. You're basically staying, like you're, you're trading off you're, you're giving the ACC your network, and I hate the Pac-12 network, but you're giving the ACC your network. You're giving the ACC basically your rights. You're diminishing your product. You're basically saying, it's so obvious, you're, you're saying, we're doing this to stick around. Yeah, right? it's just pure desperation. In, in, in that sense, it, it makes no... If you want to look at the positives, it, the clear positive would be that they're still a Pac-10, if you think that's a positive. From the conference's point of view, that's your positive. There's still a Pac-10. We're going to be on ESPN, whether that's ESPN The Ocho or ESPN hey, Streaming. ESPN The Ocho is amazing. Okay, we're going to be on ESPN as opposed to right now. Who the heck knows what network you know, you're going to be on? You don't have any leverage. So this is the way that keeps the conference alive. That's your biggest pro. If you're a traditionalist, if you're going to sit in bed and cry at night that the Pac-12 or Pac-10 is gone, this would keep it alive. The cons are that the access probably will, it might actually be less than it was before. 
it might actually cost you more money because now you got to do ESPN Plus, which I believe is now $70 a year. I think they raised the price uh, or they're raising the price next week. So you're paying 70 bucks a year for Pac-12 sports. And then it's how is the Pac-12 being, being treated? Am I watching Duke and North Carolina play on ESPN and then I'm turning on ESPNU and still getting Arizona versus Oregon State and basketball? And to me, actually, you know, Arizona's a basketball, as we know. Tucson is a basketball town. It is until it's not, and I'm not sure that time will ever come. So what people aren't talking about with this move is the Pac-10 would be, like, the worst basketball conference in America. Legitimately, the worst major conference in America. Because you're talking, and it'd be cool in the sense that Arizona would probably win the Pac-12 forever. You could write in Arizona and Oregon every year. Washington. Stanford, yeah, and how do they Colorado, Utah. That's I mean, it is a awful basketball conference. And if you had worries about Arizona's preparation for the tournament with this conference, and you had air, worries about you know Arizona's strength of schedule with USC and UCLA in the conference, it just got worse. Which is why, if you were a full out merger, it would be much better. The ACC, you would at least get competition, competition. there. But if you're keeping it separate. I mean, you, you've literally just said to yourself, the, the Pac-10 is an absolutely terrible basketball conference. And for football, if you're keeping them separate, I mean, I guess it's good for Arizona. You're getting rid of USC and UCLA in the South, so that's cool. But again, you're now, like, you're, you're dog crap. You're diminishing. You're, you're completely diminishing the conference. I don't believe that the difference in the money is going to be as much as the Pac-12 thinks. Obviously, they have guys that know more about this financial stuff than I do, but I find it hard to believe that ESPN is just going to throw $300 million at the Pac-10 to make this happen. It just makes no sense for me. I don't think that the the value is necessarily there. Maybe it is. Maybe that's what they're finding out, um, but that's kind of where we're at. I, I, just, I think there's a lot more cons than pros right now. The biggest pro is obviously you're, you're keeping the conference alive. And they're very interested Pac-10 officials who really want that to happen. And if you want to go deeper, there is more of an academic benefit to joining up with the ACC than the Big 12. That might sound a little bougie, but let's be honest. The ACC has clearly better academic institutions than the Big 12. Um, and so that would be a, a pro also is that, yeah, on the athletic side, you have you know this and that. But on the academic side, you're aligning with some, some really good universities. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right. Well, the original report that you ran 
was a discussion between four schools and the Big 12. What can you tell us about where that situation stands? You know, a lot of the talk is the ACC Pac-12, but from what I understand, the Big 12 conversation is right there at the forefront. You know, I know for a, I, I'm very confident in my reporting. You know how paranoid I am when yep. I first report a story. I need to double, triple, double, quadruple triple, check. Double, triple, quadruple check. To the point where people tell me to leave them alone and just report the damn story already. Arizona has had conversations. Now, I know that people said, how did the meetings go? When I said meetings, I, I meant more of a formal, you know, it wasn't like they were all around the table Godfather style. It was, you know, they're talking on the phone and they're figuring things out and it's it's preliminary, but it is a serious conversation. And I know there's reports out there that say it's not a serious conversation, but look, you don't have relaxing conversations. When you're talking about moving conferences, it is a serious conversation. And I believe that it is still a, a conversation that's being had. What is interesting to me is a few things that actually happened uh, Tuesday. And number one, the Colorado Board of Regents held a meeting discussing where everything is at and you don't do that unless you're thinking about moving if everything's staying the same you don't hold a meeting to say everything's staying the same they wanted to be informed by the athletic department about all the possibilities that are going on in addition asu and colorado released a statement that said yay pac-12 let's see where this thing winds up utah and arizona did not and so that was that was very interesting to me uh you know it, it's I think with the Big 12, it's it's an interesting scenario because they're very they're being very aggressive because of this ACC thing, because of other possibilities. They're being very aggressive, but they took the strategy of not opening up their TV window because they want to make sure that everything is ready to go. Um, it, it's it's a really intriguing scenario because I think it's obvious that Washington and Oregon want nothing to do with the Pac-10. I don't care about any of these reports. I think the Phil Knight is the savior of the Pac-10 is complete BS. He's the savior of the Pac-10 for now because the Big Ten won't let him in. You know, I, I could see this dude writing a check to get Oregon in the Big Ten. I really could. And so if you're another school and you see that Oregon and Washington are actively trying to get out of the conference, you better show me the goods or else I'm going to the Big 12. And the Big 12 is saying, look, man, we'll show you the goods right now. You come to this conference and let's get this thing started. And who knows? It may not stop at the Pac-12. Maybe we'll try to raid some other schools, too. And so uh, the Big 12 conversations are very serious. I don't think they've diminished or gone away uh, in any fashion. They're still there, and it is still very much a, uh, a possibility. This is like a big Viking raid. Mm -hmm. I, like, I like that analogy. Mm, yeah, my play Assassin's Creed now. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, that moves us forward to... The Pac-12 opened up their media negotiation window. What do you make of that development? Well, it was a surprise because they didn't need to. It, it, there's no reason to open it now. So there's two ways to look at this show. And I don't know which one it is, I'll be honest. And I don't know if anyone besides a few people know what it is. The first one is uh, Big George, the Pac-12 commish, has something up his sleeve. And the only way that he can attempt it is by opening up the window. And that would take me back to the whole ACC thing. He's talking in a 30-day window now with the ES, with ESPN to see what he can get going. Fox isn't coming to the table. Fox doesn't want the Pac-12. Not happening. They've moved on. There's no longer any value in what they have. ESPN has the rights to the ACC. That's why they're involved in that conversation. So if you're George, you're saying to yourself, okay, 
the window's open. Now I can have 30 days to maybe save this conference and agree with ESPN. The other side of the story is you're Arizona, ASU, Utah, Colorado, and you went to George and said, show me the money. You can tell me what you want to do, but show me what you want to do. And the only way you do that is if you enter in negotiations with ESPN and they make you an offer. So let's say they make you a $200 million offer. That's not good enough. So now you're saying, George, that's not good enough. Like we're going to the Big 12, right? And so there's two ways to look at it. It's hard to know which one. You know, I, I think that George is probably attempting the ACC deal and that the negotiating window is open. I also find it interesting, like I kind of just mentioned, the Big 12 did not open up their negotiation window. And my guess is they're trying to strengthen the conference as much as possible before entering negotiations. And I, the, that's the vibe I get from the Big 12, which is opposite of the Pac-12, 10, whatever, in that I think they're trying to save the Pac-12. And the only way to do that is to open up your negotiation now, try to get the schools looking at the Big 12, say, look, give me 30 days. The window's 30 days. Let me see what I could come up with with ESPN in 30 days. And then when those 30 days are over, if an agreement hasn't been made, I'm sure he'll say, you know what? I'm going to meet with Amazon and Apple too. Give me 30 more days or whatever it is. Um, I'm sure he's trying to prolong this as much as possible, but this feels like it's kind of a 30-day saving grace. Either I can get ESPN and the ACC on board, or I've proven that in 30 days I can't come up with an exclusive agreement with them. We already know Fox is at the, off the table. Maybe CBS comes in. Maybe NBC comes in, although that seems doubtful. Um, but, you know, that's, that's kind of where things are with that window. I, it was a very interesting move. But I, to me, it, it kind of felt like a move out of desperation as opposed to, you know what, we've got a deal lined up. Let's just get this done now. That word desperation has come up a few times. Just take note. And how fast or slow do you expect this thing to go? Ooh, that rhymed. Boom. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> I, you know... To me, it goes back to that 30-day window in the Big 12 being aggressive. I know Joel Klatt, who has some connections. I know he's not the end-all, be-all, but former, you know, he's a Pac-12 guy. He expects this thing to be over by, like, the end of next week, one way or another. Uh, Pac-12 media days, you got to think that they're not meeting at Pac-12 media days with some kind of something, right? That would just be a brutal, and, and so that's in a few weeks, and... You know, it, that would be a brutal... I mean, the, the Big 12 media days are next week. And Big 12 probably doesn't care because they're not losing teams. If anything, they're they're gaining teams. And so if you're the Pac-12, you want this thing done. I would say we'll know by the end of this negotiating window where things are headed. Now, I it wouldn't shock me if tomorrow we wake up and these teams, you know, got a number from ESPN already, a preliminary number, and said, forget it. This just isn't happening. We're out. Um I think that they will give the Pac-12 some time because I think the Big 12 will kind of be there, you know, in two weeks. I don't think it's going anywhere in two weeks. But I think that 30-day negotiation window is kind of where things will start to move fast. I've told other people, you know, when I was on radio, they've asked this question, and I said by the start of Pac-12 season. I think you have to have everything straightened out by then because who knows what could happen during the season. Uh, who knows, you know, and if Notre Dame happens to make a decision, I think things get sped up even more, even though I think Notre Dame is – is taking their sweet time. But that TV window uh, could basically and should mean everything to in terms of how fast this whole thing goes. All right. And finally, this could all change by the morning or whenever you're listening to this podcast. 
But where are you leaning right now, Jason? The ACC thing just doesn't feel feasible to me. It doesn't feel like it'll make enough money for a school like Arizona and all that to to survive. And what I worry about is that Oregon and Col- Oregon and Washington will come to the table in that situation and say, we want more money. If you want us to stay, we want more money. Let's say you're giving Arizona $30 million, I want $40 million. And now you're at the point where it's even less viable. And Arizona, you know, it, it, it's going to come down to whether they believe the Big 12 can get them more money in their new deal. And my gut tells me that this all winds up with the Big 12 move being made. Uh, and, and I know that, you know, Colorado, people feel that Colorado eventually wind up in the Big 12. It, it, it might come down to, you know, what I said before is if Oregon and Washington are staying in the Pac-12, you better write me a contract where both those schools sign it and say, I'm not leaving until 2036 when the ACC rights are done. If Oregon and Washington are willing to do that, I think the conference can be saved. I may not agree with the move, but I understand the conference could stay around. If Oregon and Washington say, no, 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 we're not doing that. Let's make it like three years to five years. If I'm Arizona and I'm the corner schools, I'm saying, no, I'm out of here, dude. Like, I'm gone. And I have a feeling that's where we're headed because otherwise, if you're Oregon, you're basically saying to yourself, uh, I mean, if you're another school, you're basically saying to yourself, I'm out, right? Like, I'm out at any time. And if you're a school like Arizona or whatever it may be, and you know that Oregon can leave at any time, why are you sticking around? Yeah, there's no security. Like, you're not sticking around so the Pac-12 can anxiously add Fresno State. And so, again, this, this whole thing is so fluid. Um, I, if I had to guess right now, I, I think the Big 12 thing is going to happen. I really do. Well, you have been saying that since you broke that story. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. It is definitely... Hopefully sooner than later. I don't know how much longer I can do this. target. Also, not only that, but can you imagine, like, let's say whatever does happen, happens. It doesn't happen right away. So you still have to go see the the Pac-10, 12 commissioner at, like, you know, whatever game he shows up at and smile to his face. Here's where it gets interesting. Okay. If you're the Big 12 and you're able to get this done and you know that Texas and Oklahoma want to leave your conference... Do you even try to wait? Do you release Texas? Because here's what's crazy. Texas and Oklahoma are in there to 2025. Arizona would be entering the conference in 2024. You'd have a year where Arizona's in the Big 12 as we know it now with Texas and Oklahoma, and then they're leaving the year after. So this whole thing could wind up moving. If the Pac-12 sees that its death is imminent and done, do they just say, screw it? Let's go back to the drawing. Like, it is, it, it could get pretty, pretty crazy. And then what happens to the Oregon States and the Washington State? I know, are they going to Cal, MLS? Stanford, like, and that's another thing. Like, who knows, if Notre Dame goes to the Big Ten, who's to say that they won't bring Stanford with them? And Stanford has more value in that market than people think. So if Stanford leaves, all right, now what? Now what do you do? I mean, it's just a whole, it's, it's uh, the, the most accurate description. It's a shit show. Meanwhile, Larry Scott's sitting on a beach somewhere, laughing at all of us. Yeah, and you know, Larry Scott is, is guilty for most of this, but at the end of the day, 
Pac-12 still has a commission that entered an empty alliance, couldn't get the LA schools to, you know, couldn't couldn't change the revenue sharing, couldn't do a lot of things to make sure that they didn't get to this point. You know, he, he kind of, he came into the conference talking a big game and there's literally been no difference. You can't tell the difference right now. Nope. It's it's the Pac-12, baby. We yeah. are the laughing stock of the country. These really. are the choices that were made. And this is where we're at. But, you know, we had a conversation in the car the other day, and you were teasing me. But I did say there's, like, a lot of restructuring post-COVID, and this stuff was bound to happen. There's, like, a restructuring a lot of places. And it's not surprising that UCLA and USC know their value. Well, you know, and, and, and like, I, you know, the radio guys, Cole Kovalec was like, should we have seen this coming? And I was like, yeah. You know, it, it, I think at the time it was shocking, but when you step back, these two schools brought in like 40% of the revenue for the conference, right? Maybe not that high, but pretty damn close to it. And they're sharing with Oregon State. Who brings in? Nothing, nothing. right? <laughs> and so it's like, if you're UCLA and USC, yeah, you're pissed off. And here's the big 10 saying, we'll give you $100 million a year. And we'll help you with your travel. Well, it's like, dude, like, peace that's out. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, and so that's what happened. The Pac-12, you know, it, it's it's all about brands. Let's say, you know, people have complained. Arizona fans have complained for years that the Pac-12 doesn't treat the Arizona brand correctly. They don't. And you look at the Big 12 and the way they treat the Baylor basketball and the Kansas basketball brands, you would assume it's a different ballgame. And, and I've said... You know, for basketball, this is a no-brainer. The Big 12 is awesome. Now, again, if the ACC was a merger, that'd be different because now you're playing Carolina and Duke two times a year. That's awesome. Big ACC tournament, badass. Big 12, you give me Kansas, you give me Baylor, you give me BYU, Houston, TCU, and Texas Tech in basketball twice a year. Woo, I get to see Bobby Huggins in a tracksuit up close. I'm all in with that. As a basketball guy... Give me the Big 12 every day of the week. Hmm. All right. Well, we have all the heavy-hitting news on the Wildcat Scoop podcast. Make sure you're following Jason Shear at Jason Shear. And I'm on Twitter as well, at Ms. Shelby K, M-I-Z Shelby K. Do you have any other thoughts, babe? Join Wildcat Authority. We had a, I, I actually want to thank, we had a, a major week since I broke the story. I'm a humble dude. So I don't like you get mad at me because you want me to put it out there more and all that. But um, we had a, a fantastic week or so. I really appreciate all the new members. I appreciate all the new Twitter followers. I gained like 800 in the last week. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a shot. If you haven't subscribed to the website, give us a shot. WildcatAuthority.com. There's a join link right on the front page. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, we work our ass off to give you the best product there is. It's an affordable price for sure. Um, we're running a 30% off annual right now. Give it a shot. <coughs> Seven, I'm choking. <laughs> Seven day free trial. He's crying, guys. I'm crying, guys. Uh, but yeah, you know, give us an opportunity to do it for the kids. Our kids. Our kids. And our puppies. Yeah. Our puppy might have a broken leg. So oh, yeah. We'll see. We'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Good day. But on that really happy note. Something will break when I'm at the vet. Yeah. Not his leg. A story. Right. Wow. Thanks for the clarification. You're welcome. Thank you. With that being said. (laughs) Bear down. Bear down. Usually at the end of our podcast, Shelby and I have a little discussion, but I just really quickly instead want to give her a shout out for the absolutely fantastic event that she helped uh, create and run the other day, July 4th, July 3rd, in Marana. Did a fantastic job. 
And I am super, super proud of her. Oh, thanks, babe. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 